It's Tuesday, October 22nd. I'm Martine Powers. This is an impeachment inquiry update from Post Reports. The impeachment inquiry is really tied very closely to this call that Trump has on July 25th with the leader of Ukraine in which he really pressures him to dig for political dirt on Joe Biden. But you have to back up from that. And what this impeachment inquiry is largely about is sort of the events that feed into that final conversation, that final piece of evidence. Greg Miller covers national security for The Post. And he's been digging into how and why President Trump pressured Ukraine to investigate his political rival. And there were lots of really unnerving developments over the year that people inside the White House were becoming alarmed by. Because our ambassador there was working for Hillary Clinton, working for the Democrats and for George Soros. Including the removal of the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine with very little explanation. She got fired finally, but she was blocking it. Including Rudolph Giuliani, the president's lawyer, starting to go out on cable television shows and declare to the world. All I want the Ukrainian government to do is investigate. That he was going to meddle in Ukrainian investigations and try to get the goods for his boss. And I guarantee you, Joe Biden will not get to Election Day without this being investigated. And peddling conspiracy theories. And then you have the suspension of important military aid that was going to Ukraine, was flowing to Ukraine, and suddenly it comes to a halt just shortly before Trump picks up that phone to call Zelensky. So there's all of these things that we are trying to understand now and piece together in a more comprehensive way. And what do we know about why all those things were happening, why President Trump had such negative feelings toward Ukraine. Right. So there's a couple things that would tick off. One, he seems to believe that Ukraine had it in for him and that when evidence surfaced during the 2016 campaign that Paul Manafort, Trump's campaign chairman, was was secretly pocketing millions and millions of dollars in hidden payments, that this was an effort to embarrass and to hurt Trump. Since then, he's sort of adopted more conspiratorial ideas about Ukraine, including that that it was Ukraine and not Russia that was really meddling in the 2016 election all along. Nobody believes that, uh, except a very few people, including Trump and a, and a few people close to him. But one of the things we explore today and write about is that he's also, at the same time, coming under the influence of other world leaders. And always at the top of the list with Trump is Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. Russia has long-standing abusive relationship toward Ukraine, a lot of hostility there. Putin has done everything to undermine reform and the prospects for democracy in Ukraine. And he is in Trump's ear in their conversations telling him basically what a terrible place it is, how corrupt it is, and how worthless it is. And Viktor Orban is, is less prominent to most people. But he is, you know, some people think of him as kind of a mini Putin. He's the prime minister of Hungary. He's the prime minister of Hungary. And and people around Trump have spent most of his presidency trying to keep Viktor Orban from coming to the White House. And then they failed earlier this year. And so you have President Trump having important conversations with Putin and Orban in a span of several days. And their place on the timeline here is important. They come almost immediately after... This reformer politician, Zelensky, is elected in Ukraine. The West likes him. And initially, it looks like Trump might like him. Their first call goes very well. But by the time he's inaugurated, 
Trump seems to have turned on him. Trump tells Vice President Pence, I don't want you going to his inauguration, and he sends second-tier officials to do this. He starts refusing to talk with Zelensky or meet with him and withholding meetings and contact and support. Well, what happens in that, in that span of weeks? Two things that we know now are that he hears from Vladimir Putin and Viktor Orban. And how do we know that they have been sending this message to Trump? Well, one reason we know that is because George Kent, a state, a very senior State Department official who was responsible for this region, responsible for Ukraine, testified before the impeachment inquiry in the House last week that he saw three things influencing Trump's mind about Ukraine. One is Rudy Giuliani, president's lawyer. The others were the conversations that President Trump had with the leaders of Russia and Hungary. So if the concern here is that Putin and Orban are basically in the ear of the president trying to get him to help them undermine this reformist government in Ukraine. Were there people in the White House, in the president's administration, who were concerned that that President Trump is basically doing the bidding of the Russian president and the Hungarian prime minister? Yes, for sure. So this this is a huge fight inside the administration that we're only beginning to learn about now. Senior officials from the State Department and the White House tried for years to prevent Trump from having Hungary's president at the White House because he's been ostracized by Europe, because of what he's done to democratic institutions there, among other reasons. They are trying to push Trump in the opposite direction. They want him to see Zelensky, the newly elected leader of Ukraine, as a potential partner against corruption as a new face in Ukraine who could help bring that country closer to the West. And basically, Putin and Orban are doing everything they can to to stop that from happening. And to what extent do you think that those voices of concern from within the administration were effective? Did they stop President Trump from behaving toward Ukraine in a way that was beneficial to Russia and Hungary? No. I mean, they tried and they held that line for some time, right? It took two plus years for Viktor Orban to get a meeting at the White House with President Trump. That's partly because a lot of Trump's advisors were battling against that for much of his presidency. But a lot of the most powerful voices inside the administration against Russia and for the forces of democracy are gone now. The defense secretary, Jim Mattis, the former White House chief of staff, uh, John Kelly. And so in the absence of those voices, uh, the ability of people like Putin or Orban to influence Trump have been heightened. We have fewer people around him who are, who are countervailing voices, arguing against what the leaders of places like Russia are telling him. And it's worth pointing out that this has been the case when it comes to other stuff too, right? That especially when it comes to Vladimir Putin, that there have been other issues where President Trump has basically listened to Putin or heard from Putin on something and then acted in accordance with what Putin wanted. Well, let's start with 2016, right? I mean, so Trump to this day refuses to acknowledge that Russia interfered in the in the election that he won. And he has repeatedly sided with Putin, who has denied that Russia did this. U.S. intelligence has put evidence on the table on top of evidence, and Trump dismisses it and sides with Putin. There have been other cases, too, like Russia's attempted assassination of defectors in the U.K. a year or more ago, which, you know, all of Western Europe decided was a, a basically a Russian assassination attempt that didn't succeed. 
Trump was very skeptical of that and, again, kind of sided with Putin's point of view. You need to prove that he did this. You need to prove Russia did this in a way that was astonishing to a lot of our closest allies. So as this impeachment inquiry continues, is your sense that we're going to hear more about specifically how Putin, Orban, and other foreign leaders might have influenced the president when it comes to what he did on these potentially impeachable offenses? Yeah, I think we're going to learn, continue to learn a lot about the environment around Trump, how this happens. I think we're going to learn a lot more this week. We have important new witnesses who are appearing before the committee, including today, Bill Taylor, who is sort of the acting ambassador in Ukraine. And he is super important because he is there in in Kiev, and he is corresponding with other diplomats, and it's his expressions of deep concern that we read about in the text exchanges with the EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland and the Special Envoy to Ukraine, Kurt Volker. So we've already seen glimpses of Bill Taylor's real concern about what, what they were doing and whether Trump was trying to make aid to Ukraine contingent on cooperating in political affairs. And then we have other State Department officials, including Phil Reeker, who was, you know, closely involved in the removal of the ambassador there and of this this whole process. It's important to remember the other thing we've learned through the impeachment inquiry so far is that there were a lot of people working directly with and for Donald Trump who saw troubling developments on Ukraine way back in the spring. I mean, there were people in the White House who were freaked out about this for a long time. And we are we are still learning more about the extent of their concern and dismay. Greg Miller is a national security correspondent for The Post. On Tuesday, acting ambassador to Ukraine, William Taylor, testified in that closed-door hearing on Capitol Hill. Taylor said that he was told the release of military aid to Ukraine had a stipulation. It was contingent on Ukrainian officials publicly declaring that they would investigate the Bidens and the 2016 election. That testimony directly contradicts the president, who has insisted that there was no quid pro quo. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening.